All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of our Church Ops podcast. I have a familiar face with us. Uh, he's joined us for a few of our podcasts. I've got Pastor Charles Haith. He's down in Orlando with Orlando World Outreach Center uh, and really helps to manage pretty much everything, as we've said before, everything but the preaching and the teaching. And a lot of times he has to jump in there as well. So for anyone who's lived in this ops world, you understand all of the hats that are worn. Uh, and Pastor Charles is man, he's he's one of my mentors and can't say enough good things about him and just how he runs the ship and really manages an effective ministry on the operations side of things. So we're gonna get jumping into our topic today. One of the things that I've heard often from folks is like, I, I, we have these benchmarks, we have these places we want to get to, yeah. but we really struggle with the how. Like, what is that practical day-to-day -day that builds to that? And we've got a lot of folks out there that give these packages of grow your church in a month to this size and these different things. I think they're all great. It's all great information. But one of the things that I found lacking in a lot of those is where is the day-to-day -day sustainability and how do we challenge our teams to really grab hold of this information and not for it to be an out there goal, but a goal that feels attainable and manageable and that everyone has a role to play not just allowing it to be something that's done at the top level with pastors, but with our teams and our directors and our leaders of ministries, everyone has a role to play when it comes to the growth of the church and what we're counting. So our podcast today is titled, What Do You Count? And why is it important? So we're keeping it simple. So Pastor Charles is gonna weigh in. Uh, you've already got the question, man, enlighten us, teach us. <laughs> awesome. I'll try to share just some simple thoughts that I have. The, you said, what is it that you're counting? Um, I would even suggest is why do you want to count it? Come on. It's, it's going to be a catch 22, really. It's almost like working out. So if I want to lose weight and I'm lifting weights, I'm going to lose inches, but I'm going to gain muscle. So in essence, I'm going to look fit, but I'm not going to drop any weight. If I'm just concerned about losing weight, I'm not going to touch any weights and I'm going to lose weight, but I'm not going to look strong. So at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself, your church, your ministry, what's really important to me? One church may look at uh, small groups. One church may look at the number of people in small groups. Another church may look at their offering. Another church may look at new visitors. Another church may look at salvations. It's all within the context of where you live at. It's all within the context of what's important to you. I'll give you a small example. A small rural church are, is not going to see the same growth numbers as a large metropolitan church. So trying to use a cookie cutter approach saying, okay, we have this many new members is not going to work. That small rural church is always <laughs> going to look like they failed, mm -hmm. right? Good, so yeah. you've got to be careful using the cookie cutter approach, say, okay, they're doing this in the Philippines and we're doing this here. It's only fair to measure if you're measuring apples to apples, oranges to oranges. So you have to decide, okay, what's the most important thing for us? Are we more focused on getting new people in the church? Is that our drive? Are we focused on salvations? Are we focused on the number of small groups we have? Some people consider a small group, if you have three to four people, that's a successful small group. Hmm. For some churches, they're looking at small groups from anywhere from 10 and above. 
So am I successful because I have 10 small groups of three, which is 30 people? Or am I successful because I have 10 groups of 10 people, right? Yeah. Come on, yeah. So it's so important for the church's leadership to decide what's really important. One of the things that uh, you also have to look at is during COVID. A lot of churches didn't have a lot of people physically attending. Okay. So if you look at numbers, once the churches opened back up, they were limited by space. I know here in Florida, we were. Yeah. We were limited by space. But one of the things that actually happened, we saw an increase in our offerings. It count down, offerings up. Yeah. So how do you explain that phenomenon? Come on. One of the things that we uh, have to understand, we live in a world and I don't think we're going back. We have digital church. People have discovered digital church. How do I accurately measure that number? Do I measure one person per mm -hmm. viewer? Do I say, OK, I'm going to figure on the average is a family with one child or two point five? Yep. Yep. So when you look Come at on. numbers, you have to understand numbers are really subjective. Come on. What's your goal when you say I want to measure something? Yeah. That's going to be the key. If you don't understand that, you're just going to be measuring for measuring sake. Yeah. So good. So good. So I would encourage any church or ministry, first of all, to understand why do we need to measure and how will those numbers, those figures, how will they help us? Yeah. That will determine what you measure, when you measure it, and how you measure it. I love it. I love it. So what I'm hearing intrinsically, I'm just kind of processing it all and coming back to it. Man, not only are you, you counting, but are you counting for the sake of growth's sake? Mm -hmm. Hey, we want to get to some arbitrary number in size. Right. Or are we really looking at it and asking the question, what is the vision of this church? Mm -hmm. Where do we want to be as a church and why? And exactly. allow that to drive the energy and what you're counting. Why is it important? So when we think about these cookie cutter, hey, grow your church. If you mm -hmm. haven't stopped and asked the question of why do I want to grow this church? Is it simply to have more seats, more people in the seats? Or is there an underlying vision and drive to that? And if we're willing to commit ourselves to that process, the numbers themselves will start to gain merit because now I'm counting this because it affects whether or not the vision and mission of the church comes to pass. Exactly. Exactly. So, I love One it. number that we never, every church should be counting is salvations. Come on. Because Amen. if souls aren't being saved, are we as effective as we could be? Yeah. Once again, those numbers will be based upon where you're at yep okay my church if I, not my church per se but if i'm a large metropolitan church in a large city if i only have two salvations in a three-month period that may say that my church is ineffective but yeah. if i'm a small rural country church and i have two salvations in a three-month period hey we're on fire Come on, right. come on. Yeah. <laughs> we're on yeah. fire so you have to once again look at your surroundings Look at your ability to do outreach. Yep. You have to look at if your people are even trained to do outreach. Mm -hmm. Because if I'm measuring salvation and evangelism is not in my church DNA, those numbers are never going to grow. It's good. That's my good. church numbers may grow by church transplant. So I don't want to just look at new members. 
I want to mm. look at salvations. I can have a hundred new members, but if only one of them is salvation, that means people just transfer from one church to another. Yeah. Yeah. So once again, you've got all of these numbers are subjective, but one of those numbers you have to look at how many salvations and baptisms did we record? You always want to keep your pulse on that. That's so good. Always. Agreed. Agreed. That's Some why we're just look at their life groups. Mm -hmm. You can have a thousand people coming to church, but are they only coming on a Sunday for an hour and they're gone and nothing happens? People look at their life groups and they say, okay, let's say we have a thousand people, but we've got 400 that are active. They're involved. They're learning. Okay. Do I yeah. want to measure that? Do mm -hmm. I want to see how many people are coming in on a given Sunday? Or do I want to see how many people are continuing in the discipleship process, which is what we call life groups? So once again, each leader has to determine which metrics are important to them and then you go about measuring. I think sometimes we get discouraged because we try to take a cookie cutter approach. Yep. You know, this worked in the Philippines, but I don't yep. understand why it's not working in my city. Come on. Every yep. city's culture is different. Yeah. It's different. And I believe that that church leadership has to stay in prayer and ask God for the keys to reach in their local city. Now, that doesn't mean that you can't glean information, but it also means that you can't take their plan down and just lay it on top and expect to have the same results because you don't have the same dynamics that they have. Yeah. So good. And once people get past that, I think you're on your way to discovering your particular set of codes to unlock the missional objective. Come on. I love that. I love that. That idea of just, man, there is a specific DNA, a specific code that you have to unlock for your church really to go where it needs to go. And I think mm -hmm. that follow up question that comes right along with it, which I know I immediately jump to it. And any of our ops people, any of our right. people immediately go, I love that. So how, how do I keep track of that information? What are those practical systems that you incorporate right. in order to hold on to that information and hold okay. on to the data. Well, I would recommend every church, if you're not already doing it, one, you're definitely going to get a head count of where yeah. you're, uh, the number of people that you have, the number of children that you have. Yep. You do that one to see if you are actually growing, mm -hmm. um, whether you're, you have adequate space or you're hoping to build. These are numbers that you will need. Uh, to talk to your lenders, just simple growth. Are we growing? You, you're not at this point. You're not really zeroing in, drilling down to okay, how many were church plants? How many were new salvations? You're just looking at numbers, just for the sake of space. Period. And then you want to drill down. How many of these numbers are new numbers? One of the best ways you can do that is look at. Well, it all depends once again on your church. What yeah. type of giving platform do you have? Yep. Yep. Some churches you you're never going to know because they they're not large enough to uh, have a giving actual giving platform. People still write checks and cash. But if you have a giving platform, you're able to see who consistently gives yep. when you're in a large church. It's impossible to know if people are still participating in your church. There's one way to find out if you can look at giving records. Yep. Because that's normally the first thing that stops when a person has left your church is their giving. 
the way you can also track it if your church has life groups you actually take attendance you know who's participating in your life groups we have a system called pco Yep. And we're able to plug that in to know if people are actively involved in their life groups also. Yes. And then through our different ministries, we have different um, meetings throughout the year. We have what's called once a month. I'm sorry, not throughout the year. Once a month, we'll have a growth meeting with our senior pastor and we'll be able to share with him each department where people serve, they can share whether there were any new salvations, Come on. whether there were any new members added, whether there are uh, outreach activities. The, it's impossible for the pastor to know all of this information, but he needs to be in the, in the know because he's responsible. Yeah. So let's say I've got someone in, in charge of hospitality someone we're we're concerned about numbers also of people being saved even if they aren't in our church because they're part of god's larger body so those numbers are important to us too someone may get saved and uh from a a logistic standpoint not be able to attend your church but wouldn't you want to know that your people are out sharing the gospel that they're evangelizing yeah come on Different things like that. So there's different systems depending on what you have where you can go through and and track. You don't have to have an electronic system, just simply knowing who's in your midst. If you have a Bible study, how many people are attending Bible study? As I said before, your life groups, do you take attendance? So there are ways to get a rough number for Mm -hmm. you to look at those numbers. But once again, what's the purpose of the numbers? Yeah, you can count all day, but if you don't have the right purpose and once again, at the end of the day, the most important number at the end of the year, how many people were saved? How many people got baptized? Come on. And I think you make some great points in there. For anyone who heard the reference to the PCO system, uh, we are not paid to endorse them at all. No, not at all. There are multiple systems out there. You're plenty out there, but I agree. I use we use planning center as well because I think it's it has a great setup for all of the different pieces. I will add this to the um, podcast notes so that it's there. If anyone who is interested in the system, it is a pay system, uh, Mm -hmm. but luckily it is tiered. So depending on your size, right, um, you can really kind of a la carte put it together in the way that you'd like. Um, And the other thing that I really want to make sure that people grab is multiple times you heard Pastor Charles mention, how are we counting it consistently? So of course of a year, how many salvations? Of course of the year, how many folks have visited your church? So whatever system you use, you need to be able to see a month by month breakdown. Otherwise you will not be able to recognize trends. You won't be able to see where the growth is increasing or dipping to ask a lot of those questions that you already mentioned. Why did this happen this way? Why did we have an increase during COVID of tithing, but we saw a decrease in folks in the building. If you aren't tracking the information over a span of time, it will be almost impossible to grab the analytical, the statistical data that you need in order to forecast uh, for the future. One of the other things that he mentioned that I think is super important that we grab hold of is even if you are a smaller church and you go, man, planning center, uh, the services component, that's not what we do. You still got to be writing it down somewhere, getting that head count within the church environment, man, Excel documents, whatever is available to you. Because one of the things we often talk about in this podcast as well is that we recognize that church ops 500 
500 mm -hmm. or less is what we're really talking about and grabbing information. Of course, I believe it's uh, applicable to all levels, but right. when you're in that space, money is tight, right. budget is tight. So you can't always purchase the system, but I firmly believe with the ingenuity, with innovation, the folks that sit in this operation seat, you can accomplish a great deal with a little, if you know where to look right. and you know how to use the resources that are right there in front of you. Yeah. So I love it. And if I can just add, I just want to encourage the smaller churches, a simple Excel spreadsheet. Gets it done. Yeah. It's so important, especially for operations, because historically during the summertime, a lot of people are on vacation. Your attendance may be low or during the holidays and being responsible for your church budget. You also need to be able to forecast or have a general idea of, OK, we can expect giving to go up during this time period. We may expect a little dip during this time period. And it effectively helps you to be a good steward over the resources that God has entrusted you with. So those numbers are important also. It also helps you to understand what programs in your church are working and which ones are not. So good. Come Do on. not be afraid to kill a sacred cow. If it's not working, stop it. Come Just on. stop. Come One on. of the things that we do whenever we do an event, our goal is how can this help us eventually lead people to a relationship with Christ? Here it is. That's our goal. If it's not working, we will stop it. We do not have a problem doing that. So don't continue to run programs just because they've always been run. Mm -hmm. Measure, measure, and then measure again to see if they're effective. Yeah, I love it. And I think that takes us perfectly into our final question for the day. When you talk about that idea of being willing to drop something that's not working, that sacred cow, you've got a lot of folks who will go, oh, it's the best event that we have. So mm -hmm. man, it's one of the things that I love doing and being able to keep that information in front of your team so that you're not just simply working from a place of here's the numbers that I'm seeing, trends that I'm seeing. So final question for you uh, for today is how do you engage your team to keep this information in front of them and to buy in fully to the vision of where the church is headed? It's a constant reminder of reminding your staff of the ministry that we've been given, which is the ministry of reconciliation, hey. the ministry of reconciling people to God. And we ask ourselves after every event, did we meet our goals? Did we introduce new people to the church? Do we have, did we get follow-ups? Mm -hmm. You can't make people accept Christ, but you can follow up with them. That's great. I have a wonderful program. But did we position ourselves in such a way that they want to come back and visit or there's some way that we can communicate with them hopefully with the idea that somewhere along the line we're going to be able to share the gospel come we don't on. want to do programs just for the sake of doing programs the world has programs the world can entertain come on we're not in the entertainment business we're in the ministry of reconciliation Amen. so we always ask ourselves are we meeting our goals are we meeting our goals? And that is so critical. Did this program accomplish what we want to accomplish? Would Could we stand before God and say, God, this investment was worth it? Come on. You've got to ask yourself that. So the numbers will come when people understand the goal. Everything you do is 
operating towards this ministry of reconciliation that Jesus has given us to distribute to the world. That's where your numbers come in. You decide yeah. what you want to measure and how it's important to you. And that will help you even in, in determining which goal, which uh, I'm sorry, which programs you use or stop or modify. Yeah. So if you all didn't hear that as he's going through, there are the consistent touch points. What does it look like? Whether it's weekly, uh, for example, my team here, we actually uh, we use um, something that is a very every nation. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, we're part of an, uh, a larger um, ministry called Every Nation. We use something called the four E's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we really look at how that happens within our environments. It, it's engaging, uh, establishing, equipping, and empowering for us. There's all these little versions that kind of shift within our context, but those mm-hmm. are the ones we use. And weekly for us, we actually have a board. We have a tally board with hash marks and our team sits down. And right before we go into prayer, we have a little time of just praise reports. So some of the questions we ask to keep this information in front of our team, man, who did you engage? Mm-hmm. What new environments did you step into? And we allow our team to tell stories and it does multiple things. One, it 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 makes sure that we keep the information in front of us, but it also provides really great opportunities to influence our team. Because right. if I've got somebody who's sitting in that room on a regular basis who has nothing to say and their friend sitting beside him every day has a new engage, a new equip, a new story of empowering right. people to do ministry. It becomes really uncomfortable to be in that room every week and not yeah. have something to share because it's in front of you over and over again. It's frightening how often the work of ministry can get in the way of ministry. Yes. If we yes. aren't careful, we allow the stuff we're doing throughout the week to facilitate the idea that we're doing ministry. But at the end of the day, just as Pastor Charles said, it is about salvations. So are we keeping those breadcrumbs in front of us? Mm-hmm. So our team has a weekly meeting where we we tally the hash marks and we keep up with that information. Um, and for them, it's you hear, man, after every event, every engagement, there's a process where they sit down, they evaluate, was it effective? Did it meet our goal? Did it meet the agenda? So as you're building and thinking, if you don't have some type of process on the back end of whatever you're doing, where your team is routinely seeing the information and required to evaluate the effectiveness, you'll get caught in a cycle of yeah. just doing things for the sake of doing yeah. them. We're so busy. We're Come so on. busy. But so your church busy. isn't growing. <laughs> We're busy. We got a hundred events on the calendar. Right. Right. How many people came to know Christ? Right. Exactly. So, exactly. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for your time uh, today. We're um, going to sh- stop with this last little piece for folks that are like, oh my goodness, I hear all of this and I really want a tangible way. We talked about the practicality of size. Yeah. Uh, environment resources. There's probably a lot of different fancy ways to do this, but I'm actually going to show really quickly just a version of how we keep track. Mm -hmm. And it's nothing fancy. It's tape and it's a dry erase board with marker on it. And that information gets updated on a a monthly basis. And then that information is is categorized. and, And we have a wonderful goal on our team that grabs all that information and puts it into an Excel document. But just as we were saying, it does not have to be fancy. Mm-mm. It just needs to be effective. So exactly. are you putting effective place things in place? So I'm going to show this real quick so that everybody can see it. And I will post it in our notes. Uh, but this is it. This is how we keep track. It's a board that hangs in our office space. 
And you see, we've got the four E's in there and we've got the different years so we can see how the numbers are being affected over time. And one of the things that we often count is first time engagement. What does that look like? Now in the, in the new environment, first time engagement isn't when they come into your doors anymore. That's not right. what it looks like. So exactly. we first time engagement for us is, have we gotten their phone number, their email address, or a way to follow up with them? If that's happened, we constitute that as a first time engagement, whether it happened in our church or on the street corner, it really doesn't matter for us. Can we now communicate with those people? And we set benchmarks on the past years. Well, if we hit this number, then we should expect this amount of growth. And like I said, I will share this document uh, on my our staff notes and you can mm -hmm. see the different things that we're keeping up with, a lot of different lingo in there. We've got classes that we teach and we keep track mm -hmm. of those numbers. Are uh, Often they're called foundation classes or in uh, first time engagement classes or get to know the church, all of these different names. Ours is actually next steps. Um, we have an activate class, which is, hey, for folks who want to go deeper into ministry. So you'll see all these different things here. And we track all of these numbers. Why? Just because, uh, as Pastor uh, Charles said at the beginning, we track it because these are the things that matter to us in order to see disciples who are making other disciples. Amen. Amen. And I, I love what you said, Van, about that disciples making disciples, because sometimes we can lose sight and we're so focused on salvation. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. Jesus told us to make disciples. Doesn't stop there. Which means that it doesn't stop with salvation. It means that we walk them through until they start making disciples. Really? And so I think for the church to be more effective, we have to transition from just salvations to start making disciple makers that are making disciples. Come so on. I love that, that you were able to, to uh, share that with our listeners. So, yeah. that's so great. thank you all so much, Pastor Charles, as always, it's always a pleasure. I always learn so much sitting with you uh, and talking and I hope and believe in faith that whoever is able to watch these, man, it will empower you to do ministry at a higher level. It will answer some of those questions that you can't really grab hold of, and it will allow you as an administrator or an operations person at a church to not live in the space where you go, oh my goodness, so many questions and no answers, yeah. allowing the information that's here to spur you on and to create framework and the ability for you to take the gospel anywhere and everywhere and that your church truly can stand and grow in a way yeah. that creates foundational support, not just the preaching and the teaching, but that you have the everything else in place that allows your ministry to soar. Man, before we close, I just want to just add a word of encouragement. So someone yeah. that's maybe watching it may have a smaller church. Don't despair about numbers. God wants to know if you're going to be faithful over the few sheep that you have. Ooh. Do you know how many sheep you have? Do you know the status of your sheep? Sometimes people say, well, we're going to do this. We're going to do this when we get all these numbers. Sometimes God just wants to see if you're faithful over the few sheep that you do have before he adds to the flock. Come so on. take care of your sheep well. Come take on. care of your sheep well and know the status of your sheep. I love it. All right, gang, have a wonderful afternoon. Be encouraged.